Hello, and welcome back to Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. Today, we will be reading through a story, and I'll be narrating for it, and then we will do a little bit of recollection and feedback on what the story was like. Uh, I hope to give some decent reactions for you and have some input as to how this played out. Uh, this story is not a horror story or necessarily a very funny one, but just a story of some pretty common gameplay in Dungeons & Dragons. This story is titled, The Monk Who Thought He Could, But Really Couldn't. For context, this story takes place during a semi-homebrew game. It takes place during 3.5 and concludes sometime before 4th edition was released that same year. Our plucky hero here is Ungry Goldfinger, a mountain dwarf monk of 12th level. How Ungry has managed to make it this far is somewhat beyond me. I had been the dungeon master for this game for over a year, and in all of that time, Ungri must have had a total of nine successful combat engagements. This was not a fault of his own, no issue with his build or class optimization. It's just that Ungri had the most horrendous luck of any character that I've ever had the chance to preside over, and bless his player's little heart, but fate did just not have it in the cards for him. And, by the end of all of this, his party had nothing but pity for the poor dwarf. Early in his adventuring career, it was rather obvious that Ungri had a rather distinct issue. When he went to make any routine checks, saves, or rolls of any sort, he seemed to have no problems short of the usual random number generation that most players will run across. But, and this is a big but, mind you, Whenever Ungri wanted to make any ability rolls, skill checks, or saves associated with his character class, his near-god-tier level of bad luck would stand up and proudly slap him in the face. Dodging a fireball? A natural one or two at the best of times. Or he's knocked prone by something inconsequential right before the fire flies. He was still effective in combat, but when the chips were down, his rolls would just not be on his side, and if anything required him to do anything more than just punch or kick someone, or cut it with his kukri. He would fail miserably on what seemed to be a 99.99% chance. I use that percentage for one reason, and one reason alone. The party, which consisted of five characters, was as colorful as a half-elf rogue, human paladin, elf wizard, half-orc barbarian, and Ungri, our sad little Shaolin dwarf. They had spent the last six sessions hunting down one of the big bad evil guy's generals and tracked him to a mountain fortress deep into a place called the Ivory Peaks. Even managing to carve their way through three rather difficult combat encounters. Three young white dragons and their mother, and a frost giant hunting party, to say the least. Something that I was really proud of them for doing. 
Ungri still managed to stay as endearing as possible, and even made several checks foraging for herbs to use in healing items. The issue came when they botched sneaking into the fortress, choosing to ditch a body over a guardrail. They had thought that it led off the side of the mountain, or at the very least, into a refuse pile somewhere down below. Unfortunately for them, it led to a dining hall full of several dozen guards. And that's how everything started going downhill. Both figuratively and literally. The paladin led the group's retreat as they attempted to blaze a path down the way they came, fighting and disengaging when they could avoid the trouble. Barring doors that had them and using iron spikes to tack them shut when they did not. Thankfully, taking no real hard hits that a potion or the paladin couldn't fix on the fly. The worst of it came when the group returned to a split in the fortress's lower levels, and they couldn't remember which way was safe. The stall in their escape allowed the guards to catch up, and a full-out brawl ensued. The Barbarian and Paladin managed to cut their way through one hall of bodies, with the rest of the party following close behind, taking hits all the time that they moved with the wizard taking powerful, several powerful hits, including two separate crits, her player forgetting that they should have just disengaged from combat before running for it. The group arrives up on one of the lower ramparts, and they planned to jump from there, letting the wizard use her magic to allow them a safe fall down the steep mountainside. Unfortunately, the group came under fire from several ballista as they cleared the last section of ramparts, and the wizard went down with the last two volleys, and the barbarian was required to carry her, losing their rage due to the inaction. Ungri and the rogue worked together admirably, all things considered even though his luck with class-related skills was still holding up. At the far edge of the ramparts, they only had one ballista to worry about, the rogue and Ungri having killed two-thirds of its crew as they rounded into view, but the wizard was still down and had failed two death saves before the paladin was able to stabilize her. I rolled to pick targets and then rolled to fire the last ballista. It had targeted the Barbarian, and in his state, he would not be able to take the hit. When the bolt goes flying, Ungri's player stands up and claims he's going to intercept it, and use Deflect Missile to catch it. With two of the other players putting on puzzled expressions, as I had to tell Ungri's player that such a feat isn't normal for anyone, and doubles back on me almost yelling across the table, I have three key points left, so I burn everything to catch it. Alright, I respond. I tell him that he will need to roll to catch the bolt and then roll to decrease the damage it deals. Ungri not only manages to catch the bolt with a nat 20, but he maxed out the damage rolls on 3d12, basically pulling a Mr. Miyagi right in front of the group by slapping his palms around a bolt as it came right at them. Everyone is so hyped by this due to the whole running battle scenario that no one really notices when Ungri's player states that he wants to throw it back, something that most rules allow for, and in most cases, 
the monk in question has to completely deplete the damage dealt by the projectile. He rolls, three of his partners cringe, and the hopeful Ungri goes careening off the side of the fortress wall. All because he rolled a natural one and for some reason forgot to let go of the bolt. There is a silver lining in all of this, though. The group, save Ungri, all survived. His sacrifice allowed them the time to get the wizard up, and they jumped from the ramparts, feather falling all the way eventually managing to find Ungri within the day. They opted for getting him resurrected, but the player was adamant about letting the monk rest in peace. Now, this is a great story about the sacrifices that a player could go into a battle with in mind. Uh, it is a very interesting story, made possible by both a combination of bad luck, exceptional role-playing, and a situation that may not be necessarily common for every group or adventure. Not every adventuring group is keen on the idea of a retreat, but faced with overwhelming odds, many of them will fall back into it. This is one thing that I find revisiting some of the prior editions of Dungeons & Dragons can be fun for. While 5th edition and 4th edition tend to play into the heroic aspects of characters, there is, in general, less of a feeling of danger that is held by many groups. 3.5 actually embraced this sense of danger and the realism of a player faced with an uncompromising and unsurmountable situation, having their mortality come to greet them. In the case of Ungri, they barely made it out. They retreated, they escaped, but Ungri had to sacrifice himself to do so. Now, in 3.5, it was a little bit more reasonable to expect players to want to resurrect each other, and that was more expected. Resurrection in many 5th edition games and 4th edition games has been relegated to a lesser standing. Resurrection and reincarnation are often thought of as last resorts, moments where a player who has a very high-level character that they're very much attached to would, you know, uh, attempt to coerce their party members into resurrecting their companion rather than letting them die. That said, I feel that 3.5 included, at least from my experience, a much broader chance of a character dying. This is, of course, up to the Dungeon Master. I have both played and run games where it just didn't make sense, story-wise, for death to be such a huge obstacle for the characters. Whether that was through just the narrative that I wanted to tell and engage the players with, or whether it was through some aspect of the characters themselves. Death was not necessarily something that was on the table, and that actually made it a little bit harder to address some of the danger of certain scenarios. It was the instance of, of course the good guys are going to win, we all expect that. That said, it is very fun to play games where death is a genuine possibility for numerous characters. The essential NPC, something that matters, somebody that matters so much 
to the story may just die through bad luck and the players need to find ways around that or other ways to overcome things. And it becomes a very interesting game of working in a living world with real consequences. That said, again, this is up to the Dungeon Master and it depends on the type of game that you want to play. I feel that there are numerous people that are very interested in this type of game, and it can be done very well. One of the ways that I would suggest creating a game where a story like Ungry's can happen uh, is actually by early on instilling a sense of danger and the realism of death actually happens and is permanent. Unless you can convince somebody to resurrect them and pay the price. Now, this comes into play with a lot of actually sticking to some of the rules or even homebrewing even stricter rules that are outlined in the Dungeon Master Handbook when it comes to resurrection, reincarnation, and the like. One of the things that I have found many people tend to gloss over is the material components of resurrection and reincarnation spells. These are meant to make these spells difficult to cast, you would be less willing to shill this out for a party member that you just met or an NPC that you didn't necessarily like. It would also make it more interesting if it was harder to find. So, if you feel like playing in a game or if you feel like running a game where these kinds of dangerous scenarios are more common, and it's more likely that people will feel that genuine fear that their characters would, well, I suggest giving them a taste of it very early on. Maybe even pull a character's player aside and say, hey, I want you to make two characters, one that you really like, one that you're okay with losing. At some point early on, I'm going to kill off your character, and your real one can come in. This works especially well if you have a player who also plays as a dungeon master. It can be very interesting, and it can inform a lot of the other players that, well, no, 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 that was, that character is dead. That just happened. Uh, you were faced with an impossible situation, and that was the way out, and we had discussed this beforehand. Now, I don't necessarily like railroading like that, but it is one way to do it. I personally prefer to build in a failsafe if I don't want to necessarily kill the entire party. But that said, it is kind of a awakening call, I'll say, if you just hand them something that they are not meant to face early on. It is a monster or encounter that just is way overpowered for their current level. They're meant to come back and face it later. And if they just charge head in and try to take it out, well, it's not going to end well for them. And even if it ends in a total player kill and party wipe, then let it happen. If this is a party that you're going to be playing with for a long time, and this is an aspect of your playstyle as a dungeon master where you may face them with threats that they are not meant to overcome at the time, that they're meant to come back to or 
maybe have the option of coming back to, then let them know. It is something that I, I genuinely enjoy when the world is alive and there are threats out there bigger than the players. Bigger even than the maybe the, the primary villain at the time. If you can pull this off and do it in such a way that doesn't seem necessarily targeted, I genuinely encourage it for games like this. Now, not all narratives are going to be so heavily dependent on dangerous situations or instilling a sense of fear in the players, but it can be fun if you play them that way. As we can see, you can even end up with some very, very fun stories that everybody enjoys, like the tale of Ungri, the monk who thought he could, but really couldn't. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Running the Table. As always, please subscribe or like or follow or anything like that if you enjoyed these episodes. And if you have any questions, suggestions, stories, or comments that you would like to share, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Facebook or Twitter, where I am at Running the Table. And as always, I wish you the best of luck running your own tables.